0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
1: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Estée Lalonde Show. I'm your host, Estée Lalonde, and today we are speaking to Steve Clark, who is the head of communications at TerraCycle and Loop Europe. I have a lot of questions about recycling. I have no idea how it works. I don't know what I can and can't recycle. Let's get into it. Hello, Steven. Hi there. How are you?
2: I'm very good. Good. How
1: Well, I'm a little bit stressed out already thinking about talking about recycling because there's a lot to discuss and I almost don't know where to start, but I feel like the first place to start is maybe for you to tell us a bit about TerraCycle and what it is and how it works.
2: I'm Steve Clark. I'm the Head of Communications at TerraCycle and Loop Europe. Um, I've worked at TerraCycle now for 10 years, um, so my job is to promote what we do so more people know about the recycling and, and we'll take part and we can, at the end of the day, save more waste from landfill incineration. So um, TerraCycle's mantra is to eliminate the idea of waste. So I know that's a, that's a big goal, but it's, a, it's what we're working towards.
1: And eliminate we- the idea of waste completely.
2: That's what, that's what, that's what we, 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 we hope to, to help achieve. Yeah, Okay. Um, We kind of do it in, um, in kind of two, two main ways. One is on the recycling side. So um, we find ways to recycle things that um, wouldn't be recycled otherwise. And I'll go into a little bit more detail about that in a moment. Um, So if you imagine um, what you can recycle at home, so I imagine you can recycle cardboard, paper, aluminum cans, plastic bottles and certain rigid, sort of food, uh, trays, pots and tubs. Anything else that uh, is is a mixed material, so think a a crisp packet, think a biscuit wrapper, or anything that's um, more complex, like a a pen or a toothbrush or a contact lens or a makeup uh, container. They won't recycle those, not because they can't be recycled, but because um, one, it's costly, and two, it's it's difficult to do. So what we do, um, we partner with brands to kind of cover the shortfall in the economics, and so that enables us to recycle in the uk about 40 different types of waste at the moment and that's everything from um uh, bread packaging cheese packaging uh, baby food pouches pet food pouches pens toothbrushes uh, toothpaste tubes water filters um kids toys you know there's a whole host of things that we can recycle that, that hadn't been recycled before not because yeah. they can't be but because the economics didn't work so that's um, that's the main way we've um we've kind of tackled the
1: problem right that's actually how i heard about TerraCycle in the beginning was through the partnership you have with garnier which i think was the first um beauty partnership you had in the uk is that right
2: that's correct yeah yeah we, yeah. we partnered with garnier to, uh, to recycle personal care and beauty products right
1: right so what's the concept because this is my understanding of it you there's a drop-off point is that right yeah that's okay. right
2: we, um across the 40 different programmes we have in the UK, there's um there's over 12,000 drop-offs. So what you do, you find the type of waste you want to recycle, you go to uh, terracycle.co.uk and there's an interactive map for each programme. So you literally put your postcode in and it will tell you where your nearest collection points are. Um, It will tell you where it is, it will tell you the opening hours and it will tell you um, what, what you can recycle. Sometimes um, a location may have a collection point for one type of waste, but they might have multiple. They could have anywhere up to, you know, up to... 10, 10 plus so these drop-offs are run by uh, members of the public they're volunteers uh, who do an amazing job for us um, and the reason that they do it is one because they want to help save waste from landfill but but often it's a way to to raise money for, for good, good causes mm. so um, in the uk so far we've saved 155 million pieces of waste from landfill incineration and that's raised 1.5 million pounds for schools charities or non-profits because whoever, whoever runs the location um they basically um, look after the collection boxes, they um, take it take the waste away. So imagine um, the, the location is uh, it could be at a school, it could be at a supermarket, it could be at a community center, a library. We've got all sorts of weird and wacky locations. We've got art galleries. Uh, I've heard of uh, fire stations being a collection point. and some people even have them on their drives out you know outside their houses. so they they look after the waste, they make sure the box doesn't overflow they take the waste away and then when they have enough they um they download free post labels from ups and ups comes and collects it brings it back to us and then uh, and we recycle it which i'll talk about more in a a little while maybe
1: that's cool so i didn't know (laughs) that so anyone can basically apply to be a collection point is that right
2: yeah well i mean what we'd ask first because because we want whole communities to collect together because larger shipments mean fewer shipments and then that means a lower a lower environmental footprint for the program so you know less carbon so um, we'd say if there is one locally, please use it. And if you don't have one on the program you want to collect on locally, you know why not consider setting your own one. Up? So all you would do then is find a suitable place to host the collection point. And on most of the bo- uh, most of the programs, we'll send you a free collection box. Um, and then yeah, you're in charge of the, of that location. So mm. um, on some of the programs, you can you can participate as a as a private collector. But for us, we're, we're at the scale now in the UK where you know we don't want people sending, you know, small, um, small envelope fulls. We, we want large box fulls because it's much more environmentally friendly. Um, and it means we can, we can then recycle a lot more waste as well.
1: That makes sense. Okay. So you mentioned earlier about mixed materials and, and, you know, I'm very aware of, I'm obsessed with plastic and talking about <laughs> plastic. It's all I think about, I swear to God, and I'm sure you feel the same, but it's when you really start thinking about how everything is packaged, it's, it's, Well, it's not, but it feels impossible to know what to do and how to recycle it because I feel like all we're taught in school is reduce, reuse, recycle, but nobody even really knows how to recycle because there's so many different ways and there's so many different pieces. And, you know, do I have to take this whole component apart? And what do I do with this component? Like in my building alone, there's a huge, I live in a big block of flats. There's a huge recycling bin at the bottom for all the people to use. It is, for lack of a better word, a shit show. It is all types of recycling, <laughs> rubbish inside the recycling. So is all of that being wait, going to landfills anyway because it's contaminated?
2: If there's a lot of contamination um, with your kind of household recycling, then yes, yeah, some, some of it, you know, if you're putting the wrong things in, it's not, you're not helping the council system. So, um, I mean, I, 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 live in, I live in a house that's been split into three flats. And so each flat has its own bins. But for the plastic recycling, we have kind of a, you know the six boxes outside, and so I, I must look like a madman every week, you know, in advance of the uh, recycling van coming around because I obviously because it's what I do for a living. I know a lot of stuff that they're putting in there shouldn't be in there. So anything flexible, I go through the boxes, take it out, and I put it in the landfill bin, you know, just because I don't want it to cause any problems. But what what I would recommend is, you know, sometimes people say, oh, I can recycle that with my council. And they'll be talking about something like a, you know, a coffee pod or a pen or a toothbrush. And I think there's no way in the world you can. So always check with your council. Your council will, on its website, it will tell you what they want and what they don't want. And there may be some things that you can take to a uh, household waste recycling centre, or HWRC as we call it, um, to to recycle in your community, but they don't want you to put it in in your box outside your house. And there's also a really good website called uh, recyclenow.co.uk, and again, you pop in where you live and it will tell you exactly what you can recycle and, and where you take it to. So I'd, I'd, always, I'd always look. My council are pretty good and they send regular um, fridge magnets, you know, and, and, it'll, and it'll tell you on it the new things they're now collecting because- Yeah,
1: but magnets, you can't even recycle magnets.
2: <laughs> well, you can't recycle magnets, but, but you'd imagine you would keep it on your fridge because it's going to remind you of, of what okay. you can recycle. So okay. <laughs> but my, 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 my girlfriend is, is, has got pretty good at recycling. Mm-hmm. because you know i obviously am very into it so um but but you know b- b- before she she wouldn't always be aware of what what could be recycled and what couldn't and so if you've got if you've got a handy thing like a fridge magnet or smitting your flat like a leaflet on your pinball you know it's easy to refer back to but yeah always check what your council wants and what they don't want and make sure you try and follow it
1: so that's actually a good question and it's a question that i got asked a lot on on instagram when i was saying i was going to do this episode which for those of people who don't live in London and don't know, but there are different councils in the city and why do different councils have different recycling rules? Why is it so hard?
2: It's because it's because there's not like one uniform system in the UK or, or pretty much in any, in any country around the world where it, it's run by the government, for example, it's, it's kind of almost franchised. So each council will franchise out a different waste um, management company to, to run it. And so they will have different setups and different facilities. and. Um, it's all down to infrastructure. At the minute, the UK is going through um, something called the Plastics Pact, and the aim is to, to make uh, products either recyclable locally, compostable or biodegradable by 2025. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that, that's going to have to happen is more infrastructure is going to have to be put in place in the UK, because if, if a lot of packaging is to change, at the minute, there isn't the capacity to recycle it because there's not enough machinery out there. So um, one of the things that's being asked for as part of the Plastics Pact, and, and I, you know, I, I take part in some of these meetings, is a lot of people are asking for uniformity. Just so, um, you know, w- w- we, live, we live in South West London, um, and um, my, my partner's parents live, you know, five miles away. And when we go to theirs for, for dinner or they come here, you know, it's, it, there's, there's things we can recycle here that they can't recycle there and vice versa,
1: you know. Right.
2: Such a short dist- you know, distance, you know, geographically. It's kind of crazy that there's not a uniform system across the UK.
1: It's just absolute madness. And then you find yourself out there taking up all the flexible stuff. Like, do you ever think to yourself, this is bigger than one man? Like, is it? Is there a point to trying your best, I guess is the point, because there's all this crazy stuff going on. If you could see my bins, you can see what's in my mind right now. Yeah. Is there a point? I feel like I'm trying so hard and then I get down there and it's a mess. Is there a point for one person trying their best?
2: No, I think that's the thing. If if everybody just assumed, oh, what can I do on my own? You know, small small actions can make a big impact, and and it's the same with it's the same with, with you know every time you buy something, you know, you're voting with your wallet. So if you if you seek out the companies that have got easily recyclable you know materials as their packaging, or the brands that are even going you know packaging free, you know over time the more people that do that the, the more brands will have to listen because the brands that don't provide these um, sustainable solutions will be the brands that will be left behind in the end so that's yeah. true
1: that's true and i i think that's another good point is look for the packaging but then what are you specifically looking for on the packaging because i know we have the you know recycle symbol and that sort of thing but it doesn't really account for the fact that, oh, you have to take out this inner lining and then you have to recycle that separately. I feel like there has to be a better system as far as labeling on products. Do you agree?
2: Well, labeling as well is something that that the Plastics Pact is looking at in terms of um, how do we make it easier for consumers? Because for Mm. for me, uniformity is one thing that's needed and also, um, you know, clearer guidelines on packaging. Yeah. But I mean, I've, I've noticed a lot of change over the last year on packaging anyway where it is a lot clearer than it used to be, you know, right. what elements, you know, you can recycle locally and what elements, you know, you can't. Right. So, as a rule, I would say if, if, if you buy a, you know, uh, a drink, for example, and there's kind of a, a foil around the plastic bottle, cut that off. That, that will then mean the bottle can be recycled. If you leave it on, it means it can't be. Um, if you buy, a, you know, a, a yogurt container, it'll probably have, a lot of them now have cardboard around the, around the container, around the pot itself. Take that, take that off. Put it in your cardboard recycling, and then your um, your yogurt pot will be recyclable, you know, in the plastics container. Right. The, the lid, will, the lid will be foil, but the lid, you know, that you can't recycle that in either of your boxes. So that would unfortunately have to go into your landfill.
1: So I just like I, I know I'm talking a lot about my bins area and I feel like I need to bring this up. But <laughs> with the with the people here, but it's just one generic bin. There's no separation. And I think that's something that's super frustrating. Like there is zero separation. And even when you walk around London, for instance, there's no recycling points. It's all just bins.
2: Um, on, on the streets, I would say on, on the on the high street, you depends. It depends how busy the area is, you know, where, where, where I live. There's, um, there's more landfill bins than recycling, but the more, the more built-up areas you go to, you will find recycling, but it will be generally for stuff like plastic bottles and, um, and aluminium cans, for example. Mm-hmm. You might get some paper ones, but wider than that, generally, generally you don't know.
1: I know. Who, who do we contact about this?
2: Contact your local MP. The, the more people who contact the local MPs, the more likely you know it is going to get raised. At, you know in the Commons, and the more, yeah. the more chance that there will be change. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've I've worked at TerraCycle for ten years now. Uh, before that, I worked at um, and and sort of ran PR agency divisions, and I used to promote products. You know, and then I got to the point where I was promoting products that I, you know I thought were no better than products that were already out there, or you know, that, that perhaps you know weren't really needed. So I wanted to do something a little bit a little bit more meaningful so that's how I kind of moved to TerraCycle it, it, the company really interested me and I could kind of use all my many years of, uh, of, of communications experience to to promote recycling and promote something a little bit better yeah. um, but I, th- I, th- I think I think that's the thing You've, you, people people re- you know just do need to keep trying I mean yeah. We we deal with a lot of schools, you know, and 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 schools and, and and children are you know are the next generation, they're the future. So, if we can if we can really embed it into them that, that you know, and people are asking for change, you know, it, it, it's if you look at Blue Planet Two, which you know the David Attenborough program, that was a monumental shift, you know, that really got sustainability and the, the need for recycling on people's agenda, and and we've seen a massive difference you know since then. So. The more people talk about it you know the better the better that is you know it gone are the days when it can be the you know the, the the elephant in the room nobody wants to talk about it we have to talk about it we have to start making difference now
1: absolutely i i actually so i grew up in canada and recycling is a huge part of every canadian's upbringing it's 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 a thing um and we've always had bins that separate each thing my mom has like 18 different recycling situations in her garage i swear so when i was a kid it was it was like kind of second nature and then I, when I moved here I was just like wait it's all gonna go in the same thing so it really surprised me how it can vary from country to country and when I was 17 I had a boyfriend and his mom threw a can in the rubbish like just in the landfill garbage mm-hmm. and I couldn't believe it we got into a fight me and his mom <laughs> our relationship didn't last we could say that but it was such a taboo even then to throw a can away and just not even attempt to recycle it so I mean, I don't think you'd really even see that so much anymore. So, I, I could definitely see your point that things are changing, but it just feels like there's such a long way to go.
2: Well, there has been there has been quite quite a big shift, and I think I think I think we're we're now starting to to move in the right direction. Um, but recycling on its own though is is not is, is not enough on its own. Yeah. Um, we've we we've, we've launched a second business last year called Loop. Mm-hmm. which is a zero waste shopping platform, mm-hmm. because we, you know, we still encourage everyone to to recycle. We're a recycling business at the end of the day. Um, but we, we need to change the way we consume, you know, most things are um, either burnt or incinerated, you know, in a very short period of time after they're purchased, you know, after one single short use. Yeah. So what we have to do is we have to try and impact that because there's some quite shocking statistics. Um, Humanity has increased in the last hundred years what it produces by ten thousand times, and only nine percent of that gets recycled. Twenty-five percent of it ends in the oceans, and the Ellen MacArthur Foundation uh, sort of came out with a figure last year that by twenty fifty there'll be more plastic in the ocean than fishes, which is kind of a you know a, sh- a shocking statistic. So. Humanity is kind of plastic gets uh, you know pretty bad rep you know it it it's kind of often vilified it's often the, the villain of the piece mm-hmm. it's an amazing material it's just the way we as a society have come to rely on it in terms of convenience and, right. and so what what we what we're doing with it with the, the loop platform is we we're, we're partnering with some of the biggest brands in the world um, and and we um, we provide. Reusable refillable products um, in durable packaging so the consumer pays a deposit on them. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, um, and we launched this in the UK in uh, July this year, you go to loopstore.co.uk and you can order a variety of things like Heinz ketchup, like um, eco over washing up liquid, you can order Coca Cola, you can order Molten Brown, you can order um, uh, Nivea, you know, men's products, and there's a whole host of, um, of of our own private label range as well. You know, you can order. Rice, you can order couscous, you can order oh. um, oils, you know, um, herbs and spices, and, and you know all these kind of things. Um, once you finish with the uh, the, the, the product, well, let, let's go back to step. You order it on the by the website loopstore.co.uk. It comes to you in our what we call a loop reusable tote. So instead of using a cardboard box and bubble wrap inside, like like, like most e-commerce systems, we have a it, it folds down flat. Um, I can show you it if 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 you're interested.
1: Well, the audience can't see it, but...
2: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> it, it, it comes in a reusable tote that can be cleaned once we receive it back. And inside, rather than using all things like bubble wrap, you've got... Um, um, we've come up with a whole host of of, of of innovative ways to keep things from breaking in transit that, that again, can be reused. Um, you, you use the product as normal. You've paid a deposit on it when you've, when you've bought it. And then, let's say, at the end of your, of, of your order, you... You've you've ordered ten things. Let's say you've ordered the likes of um, shampoo, home cleaning products. Um, you've ordered uh, Heinz ketchup. You've ordered pasta. You've ordered rice. And then you decide at the end of that month, right? I don't want the shampoo this month, but I'm going to reorder all the other things. As you've reordered and you, you've you've got another container from us, we keep the deposit because you're still using it. But on the shampoo, because you're now not going to use it, you get your deposit back because you know you finish with it in the system. Once you finish with it, we come and collect it, take it away. Um, it gets cleaned industrially by by loop, and then it goes back to the manufacturer to be refilled. And then that container comes back to us, and then it will go off to the next consumer, and it will be reused again and again and again. So the products have to be reusable. Uh, well, the packaging has to be reusable a minimum of 10 times, and we hope anywhere up to 100. And so if you think about it, the biggest, um, the biggest impact is creating virgin plastics to, to create a new product and using the energy to create it. And so by taking that element out of the equation, once you've made it and you're reusing it again and again and again, it's a big, 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 uh, big, big upgrade for the environment.
1: That sounds like a logistical nightmare for you <laughs> well, guys. It,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, if, if you think about it uh, over time, if we can make the system become big enough uh, and, and la- you know, last year we launched it in uh, the US and in France. So the UK this year was the third market to, to launch. And we, we launched it with Tesco. So at the moment, you're, we've set up as a retailer. So you're ordering um, your products from us, we're delivering it to you. But over time, it, it, in early 2021, it's gonna be moving into the first Tesco stores. I so see. What you'll be able to do, you'll, there'll, there'll be like a loop aisle or a loop end, end cap, as they call it. Mm. You'll be able to go in, and you'll be able to pick up your favorite products in reusable refillable containers directly off the shelf, or you'll be able to order them via Tesco's e-commerce facility, and they'll deliver it to you via their own drivers. That's so cool. That's, that's where we're going to get the, uh, the big scale. That uh, is cool. In, in France, we're, we're going through that phase right now. Because it launched last year, we're, we're now launching into the first Carrefour stores, which is kind of a big French retailer. Um, and you, you're able to order products as well via their e-commerce delivery system as well. Mm. Uh, next year as well, we're launching into some new markets. We're going to launch into uh, Japan uh, with Aeon. It's a big retailer. We're going to launch into uh, Australia with Woolworths. And we're going to launch into Canada with, with with Loblaw. So, our aim is to make reuse as convenient as single use. So we want all the benefits of convenience, but with without the disposability. So,
1: that's cool because that's exactly it. People are very lazy, and I am people. I am lazy. Yeah. You know, I. I <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, figuring all this stuff out. I've got enough on my plate without this, but that does make it very easy and that's exciting. And I actually have refillable bottles. I think the company is called Fill. And you go to a local place and you fill it up. It's actually really nice and it's fun and it's good quality and you feel like you're, you're making a difference. But I want to talk a little bit about beauty since that's the industry that I work in. And I'm a blogger, influencer, whatever you want to call us, but oh my God, the amount of waste is unreal in the beauty industry and that's why i thought it was super cool that garnier was was working with you guys but
0: hey folks i'm mark Marin from the wtf podcast and this episode is brought to you by kleenex ultra soft tissues
2: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: I guess if, if you were a beauty startup, you know, it's, it's, you're just about to launch a new company. Is it enough to launch with, you know, recycled plastic um, containers, it, Do you, should you be launching with glass? Because glass is also heavy, you know, when you think about shipping that, that carbon footprint is not great. And there's all these other things, but you know, a lot of startup companies don't have the resources to have that circular economy, you know, where you can return the bottles and you will refill them and that sort of thing. Or how how should a company start today? going
2: forward what what we always recommend is 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 that companies design their packaging for recyclability so design it so it can be recycled locally by you know the council recycling systems often beauty products and personal care products are a a mix if you if you think about it they're designed to be alluring they're designed for you to pick it off the shelf and then want to take it away with you you know and so it often contains multiple materials you might have multiple polymers or plastics you might have you know a glass compact you might have, um, you know, there might be some paper inserts. So there's a whole host of different things within these, and that's what makes it difficult. But we always recommend that brands think for recyclability at a local level, and that and that then makes a big difference down the line. Many brands as well are also going kind of packaging-free or naked, um, as, as, as they call them. Um, and then, you know, it, it's, we, we work with a lot of smaller brands as well on the loop system. So we work with a company called Noice, for example, which is a new French startup, and it's um, an organic toothpaste gel so it comes in a small glass container um, and and it's got a pump top and you literally just pump it onto your um you know it, i i i now use this product you know it's it it, it was an alien concept to me and the first few times I cleaned my teeth it seems different you know it, it it's not a it's not a paste like you're used to but it's it, it's really good so you like it you know, we we work with big brands we work with small brands you know We work with organic brands. We work with, you know, you know, some, some of the world's, you know, biggest FMCG brands. You know, we, we, we don't make a decision on, you know, is a, is a product a good product or a bad product? If it's a product that, that's, that, that's for sale that people are buying, then it's, you know, it's a way for us to reduce impact by, um, by making it reusable. Right.
1: The reducing is the key. And I know I've seen that so many brands do that sort of thing. Like you can get a little tablet and you mix it in water and then that's mouthwash, you know, that's yeah. reducing the amount of water in the formulations. And are these <laughs> solid formulations kind of the way, f- I don't know how much you know about beauty, but do you think that's the way forward just because it's less packaging and you don't have to add so much water, therefore the packaging is smaller?
2: Um, I, 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 th- I think it's definitely, it can definitely help. And it's definitely a way forward. Um, okay. I mean, I, 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 because we have various programs for beauty, I often get asked to kind of contribute on um, you know, beauty related recycling topics. Um, we also have a program as well with, um, with Maybelline, which we launched a few months ago, and that's called Makeup Not Make Waste. And they have put recycling boxes in a uh, thousand stores across the UK. So they're in uh, Tesco stores, Sainsbury stores, Superdrug stores, and Boots stores. And you can take um, any, any kind of makeup packaging, uh, except for um, nail nail varnish removers and makeup brushes, anything else of any brand you can take and drop off um, into those stores. There's a map on our website, or you can go to maybelline.co.uk and there's a map there, um, and it, it'll all get it'll, it'll get recycled. And that's the biggest makeup recycling um, program you know in the UK's history.
1: Right, because I was reading somewhere that it's bathroom waste that's kind of a huge problem. Because you're in your kitchen and you think, "Oh, this can of chickpeas, I could definitely recycle that." But when you're, you know, in your bathroom and you're like, "Oh, I just finished up that jar of face cream," it's like, "In the bin it goes." And I know I've seen some campaigns that are trying to get people to have specific little bins in their bathroom to recycle it properly. But then it then it goes back to like, "Well, I don't really know where to put it." That's why I love TerraCycle because you can just put it there and you guys deal with it is that
2: when when Garnier launched that program with us in the UK um, it's called the personal care and and beauty recycling program they carried out some research and um, the the, the research I, I, I can't remember all the stats off the top of my head but one of the big things is a lot of people don't recycle in their bathroom because they've only got one bin yeah and so they think it's too difficult it's too difficult to remember but I mean how how difficult is it when you finish with something in your bathroom to walk into your kitchen and then put it in your plastic recycling uh, bin or into your landfill bin you know depending on, on what it is it's um, and it comes back to convenience and i think that's the thing the more convenient you can make recycling and the more convenient you can make reuse the more the more take up you'll get from consumers mm.
0: uh,
1: so you said that you know you gave some stats earlier in the show which i can't remember because my brain uh, doesn't work but what happens to all the stuff that doesn't get recycled? It just goes in the landfill and then it ends up in the ocean or in China or wherever yeah. it goes. Like who even it'll, knows?
2: The, the majority of waste, uh, you know, after one single use will be either burned. So it will be incinerated. Um, and, and that, and that does reclaim some energy, but you know, there's uh, if you th- think of all the energy that went into creating that packaging in the first place, you know, to then burn it is, uh, is, is kind of crazy. Um, or, or yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it gets landfilled. I mean, there is going to be less landfill going forward in the UK. so more waste will be burned, um, but yeah, that, that's, that's generally what happens to it. If it goes into landfill, you know, does it end up in the ocean? You know, probably not. It's stuff that's being littered that ends up in rivers or ends up in uh, you know canals that, that eventually will make its way to the ocean. So, um, if you uh, during the lockdown, you know, I've I've seen people and we've done it ourselves. You know, if you go for a walk somewhere, pick up pick up litter. You know, yeah. I've actually got a litter grabber here. When we go for a walk, we take it with us. And and things like face masks is kind of crazy at the moment.
0: Because I know. the whole world
2: is 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 reliant on them. You know, but just to throw them on the floor when you're finished with it is mad is madness. Take it home with you or put it in the bin on the street.
1: Yeah. I was in Epping Forest a couple of weekends ago and it was just beautiful forest. And somebody had littered like a McDonald's bag and a bunch of other stuff, and I was just mortified. <laughs> To just like actually throw something on the ground. I mean, I, I don't know. It just feels so, so wrong, so wrong. But yeah, it does happen. Okay, maybe I need a litter grabber.
2: <laughs> they're, they're, they're quite a handy little tool, actually. Um, <laughs> shall I tell you what, what we do with the waste? Because
1: yeah.
2: it's a question people often ask. So w- what happens when, when, when the waste gets sent into TerraCycle via UPS? Uh, it goes up to our warehouse um, just outside Darwin um, in, near Blackburn. And we aggregate it till we've got enough. If you can imagine, um, we often are dealing with a, with a difficult waste stream or we're dealing with a waste stream that sometimes isn't the nicest waste stream. Imagine if it's baby food pouches or, or pet food pouches. So we, we collect a large volume. So we'll often probably need between 10 or 20 tonnes before economically it's viable for us to process it so we, we get the best recycling cost. Um, it'll go to one of the processes that we use in the UK. We have a number of different ones. And our R&D team will come up with a process to recycle this waste that has never been really recycled before. So we then find the guys that have got the right equipment and we, and we walk them through the process for them to follow. Um, the first stage is generally, the material is shredded and then it's cleaned. And then we, we, um, we melt it down into either small pellets or small flakes. And then that material, we either blend it with other plastics, other post-consumer recycled plastics. So that's, you know, the recycled elements. Or sometimes the, the, the flakes or the pellets can be used on their own. And we then either supply or we sell that to uh, manufacturers of, um, of products and it would be used for things like outdoor furniture uh, garden benches or, or picnic tables or um, you know it could be waste bins or it could be um, storage containers or often there's quite a lot of the material gets used in um, industrial applications like building sites and so it could get used in the likes of um, drainage systems for example so the beauty of the beauty of these manufacturers using our recycled material is they're then not um, creating new virgin plastics to to produce for their new products so it's kind of reducing down the the amount of resources we're extracting from the planet
1: okay i so i've got it so they you get all the plastic you do all the work and clean it and put it into pellets and make it into different plastic post-consumer what would you call it is it what's it called PCR no PCR. Yeah. Yeah. see um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying um, yeah and then you sell that so that's basically how TerraCycle makes this possible is that right well,
2: we, we either sell it or sometimes if there's any value in the material but often um, the material we deal with is, is what we call cost negative so there's there's it, it, it makes a loss to recycle it than what you can sell the material for in those instances, we have to supply that material to uh, the manufacturers for free.
1: Right. And the
2: way the way we make the system work is the brands that, that partner with us. So think, you know, uh, Garnier, like you mentioned, for, for personal care. Think Maybelline for makeup. Think Hovis for bread packaging, or Bic for pens, or Colgate for tooth, toothbrushes, toothpaste tubes. Cathedral City for cheese packaging. You know, the, the list goes on and on. They they cover the shortfall in the economics. So they pay for the consumers to send the waste into us for free. They pay the charity element and they cover the shortfall in what it costs us to collect, separate and recycle and what we can then either sell or we make a loss on the recycled pellet material. From.
1: I feel like these huge brands, they get a bad reputation in a way because they are responsible for producing all this stuff. Right. Like why? Why is Hovis using plastic packaging for their bread anyway? You know, like th- these are the questions that I have, but actually they are helping as well in
2: the same yeah well I mean all the brand all the brands that sponsor our programs you know that it, it, it's voluntary they don't have to do so I mean they they do get benefits from, from from doing it you know they can put the Terracycle logo on their pack so consumers know they can recycle it um you know that they, they, they often can do promotions in store so they um, they get incremental space um so it's all about us helping them to, to you know get return on investment from yeah. funding the program to what they're able to to to, to do to 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 benefit themselves really so,
1: yeah that's fair and also you know it takes a long time for a huge brand like that to be able to completely rethink their packaging structure you know you can't well, just change it, that overnight
2: it, it's what they're all doing now you know there's yeah. the, 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 the 2025 targets and 2030 targets you know to be to become locally recyclable uh compostable or biodegradable so all, all of these brands that, that, that we partner with are going through that process now in, in terms of how do they change their packaging to meet those goals and targets. Mm.
1: So biodegradability and compostability, that is, that is key, would you say? That is where things are um, heading.
2: It, it's one of the elements that the Plastics Pact is looking at. Um, the, the, the thing with, with, um, with biodegradability at the moment mm-hmm. is there isn't a great infrastructure across the UK where you can actually, um, that, that has the right conditions. For materials to be biodegradable. So sometimes you might buy a, bio, um, a product that says it's biodegradable. It's biodegradable in the, in the perfect lab conditions, but if you were to pop it in your, uh, in your home composter, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. <clears throat> it would need to go to one of the dedicated sites around the UK, and uh, I think there's less than 100. There's not many of them.
0: Oh, so
2: gosh. I think, that, I think that, that's the thing. So there needs to be a much wider infrastructure, and it's, it's very much like I said earlier for recycling. You know, if um, by twenty twenty five, if everything moves to being locally recycled, at the minute there isn't the infrastructure to deal with all. So that's another thing that that's part of the plastics pact is um, is building the infrastructure across the UK so that there's um, there's there's the capacity to deal with all of this.
1: Right. Okay. So that's about as much information as I can personally handle on this subject. (laughs) But um, for those people listening and people like me as well, I mean, okay, we've listened to this, we've we've heard what you said we want to make a difference is it reduce the amount of things you're buying and consuming and that sort of thing try to find things that can be recycled recycle them properly what else can people do
2: um i think uh, there's, there's the 3 Rs Re- reduce reuse recycle in in that order that that that's what we would recommend that you try and do um and, and make sure that you're making it, you know informed purchases you know buy Buy products um, that that are using the right type of packaging that is easily recyclable at a local level. And mm-hmm. um, you know, can can you get things? You know, via reuse and refill. You know, the, the, there's our system out there, but you know, there are there are independent um, zero waste shops where you can go and refill your own containers as well. You know, look for the right options. Yeah. Uh, the more the more the more the consumer votes with their wallet and buying the sustainable choices, the more the more brands are going to have to listen and uh, and implement those kind of systems themselves so you you can make a difference if everybody if everybody makes small you know uh, changes to their lifestyle you know it can make a big difference overall
1: it can but it's really the industrial level that is is the big player here is that right so the voting with the wallet is very important
2: yes that, that that's the thing if um if if everybody starts buying environmental, you know, environmentally friendly choices, then brands who maybe aren't moving as quickly will very soon have to start making that move because otherwise they're going to be left behind.
1: Yeah. So you have hope. I can see in your eyes that you have hope.
2: De- definitely. I mean, it, it, ever since uh, Blue Planet 2, like I mentioned in the UK, what, three years ago now? We've seen a massive, you know, a massive upward shift in the UK. You know, retailers are now a lot more aware and are making changes you know brands are making changes um we we've got in the last three years we've probably launched 25 programs you know we, we we're 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 a lot more on people's radar brands are looking for you know for recycling solutions in a way to, to give the consumer the opportunity yeah and consumers consumers are a lot more aware they're a lot more savvy you know they're asking the right questions they're making the right choices so yeah i, I definitely am hopeful There's a long way to go but yeah there's we are we are making progress
1: yeah. I definitely feel it in the collective consciousness, but yeah, it's also really scary in a way to talk about it. Cause it's like, I, I don't know, you know, you, it's, it's kind of one of those conversations. It's like nerve wracking. It's like, I don't know, do I have to rinse this out before I recycle it? Why do I not know the answer to that?
2: Yeah. But the, the thing is you're, you're, you're asking the questions and that's good. And that's, and that, and that's why, you know, this podcast is, is a great thing because everyone who kind of listens to it is, is probably thinking exactly the same questions.
0: Mm, so yeah. you
2: know, it, it, it gets, it gets the debate going, it gets people thinking, it gets people looking for the, you know, looking for the answers. But like I said, recycle, recyclenow.co.uk is a brilliant website. Have a look, Just put, all you have to do is put your postcode in and it'll tell you what you can recycle locally at home if you're not sure, and it will also tell you where else in your community you can go to take things. The, the big thing I like, I like people to know is about the economies of waste, the economics of waste. You know, whilst we as a business know you can pretty much recycle anything, And bear in mind, we recycle um, chewing gum in some countries. We recycle cigarette butts. We recycle um, dirty nappies in in Amsterdam at the moment. We're running a pilot there. Um, Most things aren't recycled purely due to economics. It's difficult to to collect and separate things out. And then it it costs more to recycle it than the end value of that recycled material. And that's why it's not recycled. So if you can make the economics work, and we do that by partnering with the brands that I mentioned earlier. um, But I mean longer term is there a way for the government to get involved here You know, and then that way everything no matter what it is could be recycled but at the end of the day you've got to find a way to make the economics work you've got to find a way to to, to fund it so that i think is a is a, is a big important thing that, that, that people kind of need to understand really
1: yeah once again politics come into play i mean it's never ending but it's true it, it feels like a lot of this is on the consumer's shoulders but actually why is the government not stepping up and making this possible you know but that's I mean, another podcast
0: <laughs> yeah
2: it, it it is that i i kept I've, I've talked a number of times about the plastics pact um you know and the government is involved in that you know rap is is, is the is, is the department that kind of looks after it and they, they are they are involved but as to whether you know would the government you know find, find a big pot of money just to recycle everything probably not you know it, we need to we need to be clever as a as a society in terms of what of what we consume and then you know a big part of it is on is on brands you know part of the plastics pack there will be um deposit return schemes um where you know imagine if you if, if you buy a um a, a drinks bottle when you're out somewhere you'll get that deposit back once you put it in the right place so and that that'll that'll ensure it's recycled because the most highly recyclable type of plastic in the UK is uh, is kind of drinking bottles, um, mm-hmm. or you know, or the, the same kind of bottles as well that shampoo or conditioner or whatever comes in, but only about forty five percent of of what it's put on the market actually gets recycled, and it's uh, largely down to people putting stuff in the wrong bins. So, yeah,
1: um, I mean, you just <laughs> reminded me. In Canada, we have the beer store, which I believe is like a government. I feel like the government run the beer stores in Canada that you can only buy beer there. It's crazy. But anyway, they had, I don't know if they still do. I haven't lived in Canada for 10 years now, but you used to be able to bring your bottles back. Your all your empty bottles, they'd give you money towards your next case of beer. And everybody would bring their beers back. It was like you would go to a party and people would want to keep their own beer bottles <laughs> so you could bring it back. They,
2: they they still have that kind of a system in Germany mm. with the deposit return scheme. Um and it, and it's kind of what what we're trying to bring back with um, with our loop system. You know, we, we took inspiration from the old milkman model. I remember when I was uh, you know when when I was a kid, everyone had had stuff delivered by the milkman. We even had a there, there was a we had we had pop delivered or you know fizzy drinks in glass bottles. You know, weird and wacky flavors like limeade and dandelion and burdock and all these kind of things. And then and then you got your deposit back when you gave the bottle back at the end. And that's yeah. kind of died out. So that's the kind of thing that, that is going to be coming back in because then as a consumer, you know, you're you're gonna do the right thing to get your money back on your, on your on your container.
1: Is it also about, you know, buying locally as well, you know, bringing back those communities within the larger communities? Is that important? Because like yeah, I, I
2: I I, th- I think so. During 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 COVID and, and the lockdown, you know, we we've heard a lot about local businesses, you know, kind of going under because you know, just just due, due to hardship and so I for example there's a couple of local breweries um, that, that I've got on Facebook you know and I, I saw they were delivering asking people to help them otherwise they were going to go under so you know I, I ordered local beer we've got a local greengrocers that we go and get stuff from the thing is it, it, it's more difficult it's more time consuming it's not as convenient and so that that's the thing for, for reuse and refill and zero waste to become you know the mainstream We have to make it as convenient as possible for the consumer.
1: That's true. I mean, I have a little wine shop on the corner that I always go to and they have a refillable bottle that they fill from a keg. And I mean, I'm there far too often getting my refills, but, you know, it is more time consuming. But actually, it's so nice walking in there and being like, hey, Christophe, how's it going? I'm going to get my Merlot again or whatever it's I love I love that so yeah it is more time consuming but it's also fulfilling in a way that shopping hasn't been or isn't yeah. really when you just go to a big place yeah. and I'm sure like you feel good about supporting your local brewery as well
2: well I suppose you know there's local farmers markets you know we 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 go to one in Wimbledon uh, which is quite close to where we live and it, and, it, and it is nice you, you get you get some re- real nice artisan products, um, you know, and it's nice to know that they're grown, you know, they, they're grown a lot more locally than what you're going to get from the supermarket.
1: So. Absolutely, I mean, I live in bermondsey and I'm at Mulpy Street Market every weekend getting those empanadas. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, that's great. Thank you so much, Steve. You've kind of eased my pain, but now I really need to go sort out the bins downstairs and yell at someone. <laughs> Put the blame on someone else.
2: <laughs> Perfect. And, and one, one last thing. If, if you want to know what you can recycle with TerraCycle in the UK, it's TerraCycle.co.uk. And uh, if you're interested in um, in a 0 waste shopping platform, it's LoopStore.co.uk. And, uh, and you'll be seeing it in Tesco next year.
1: Amazing. You've done this before. You know how to get those plugs in there.
2: <laughs> I've done one or two. One or two.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much.
2: <laughs> Perfect. Thanks very much.
1: Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Estee LaLan Show. If you'd like to keep up to date with all of our new episodes, make sure you subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Estee LaLan Show. If you want to be extra nice and support the show, then you can leave us a rating as well.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen. Premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more—and is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns.
1: Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me what inspires your music.